Hi, welcome back to Atrium Talks. Hi, Bhagwan. Hi, Deepa. So, you know, in the last episode, we talked about what countries can do to spur innovation with the promise that we will talk about organizations this time around. And I want to start with an observation. Yeah. The most persistent trend, you know, we've said this many times, I feel, in this series, that the most persistent trend in business is the inability of organizations, incumbent organizations, you know, that are ruling the roost in an industry or sector to change when they're, when technologies and markets are changing, you know, and discontinuously, right? It's difficult for them to do yeah. that. We talked about this in the context of our own school and the education sector, etc. in the past. That's right. Uh, why is this, Bhagwan? Okay, so I'm going to be talking about a paper that you, I, and Dean Madan are writing. And it started with really connecting these three dots. You talked about this work by Christensen, right. which says the reason big firms suck at innovation is because they are caught in this competency trap. So we thought, let's model it, what that means. Madan also gives a very intuitive talk about how we become caricatures of ourselves. Correct. So he gives examples. So if you look at Amitabh Bachchan's earlier movies, you see a lot of innovation. He tries many things. But over time, he has become a caricature of himself. Correct. And... We talked about it and we thought, in fact, there is a connection. Yeah. There's yeah. a connection. So there is a reason why big firms do not innovate and why small firms do. Hmm. So the idea here is the following. It isn't so much that the big corporations cannot innovate. Right. It's more to do with they choose not to. So it's not an ability, you know, we talked about how the mini computer industry was uh, disrupted by the personal computer. We are saying the mini computer could have designed a personal computer with its eyes shut. It chose not to. It chose not to. And I'll tell you why. There is enough evidence that shows that innovation is what in finance we call real options. In other words, in the short term, it's not going to make any returns. Right. The returns are only going to come if you learn over time that this is a worthwhile project. So initial phase is just experimentation. Right. Okay. But only if when you learn that it is actually a good idea, then perhaps you scale up and then perhaps you do more of it. So it's really a real option. So if you look back, Initially speaking, you don't expect to make a lot of money on it. Mm. And that's the story with startups. So in the beginning, we are all the same. Mm. But it links to the key idea that was first propounded by Arrow, the Nobel laureate, in 1962. He said, when you actually do something, you learn from it. There is a learning by doing element to it. Right. Okay, so it's not like you can take capital and employ it and here comes the output. You have there to is learn. Learn and then there is a time element built into it. Correct. So you start with an innovative firm. They say, is it worth innovating or not? Only if there is a possibility of big upside potential. So you invest a little, learn from it, and then you build some specific organization capital. You become good at that. Right. So next period, what happens? Well, in the medium run, what happens is 
if it looks like a good idea, now you've become good at it. So you are actually good at delivering that promise. While other people are still innovating on new things, but you are actually good at it compared to the competition. So should you choose to innovate? No, in fact, the returns on innovations, as we said, are not that high. In fact, there's a paper in AER that suggests that if you look at how much entrepreneurs earn compared to an alternative, it's not very high. We think it's sexy because we only see the successes, but there are many, many failures that come before that as well. So what happens in the medium term is if I become good at creating something, I will choose to invest only in that because my returns are higher and I can beat the competition completely. So when a new idea comes, it's not worth my while. And that's the point Christensen is making. Right, that, when you, you know, see an innovation. Innovation, you... it seems promising, but on average, it's not such a great idea. On average, it's better to continue with what I'm doing. And then what's going to happen is the world changes. So how do you adapt to this? If I'm aware that, you know, this is a... You know, it's an ankle's heel. It's something that's going to hold me back. So what is it that I can do to overcome this? Short answer is nothing mm. in some sense because the reason you're choosing not to innovate is because you are good at something else and that's okay. okay? But what you can do is create a different organization. little organization that behaves just like any other innovative organization. Correct. So don't mix up the two things. So you become good at doing something and you continue to do that. Now, it may turn out that the world changes and suddenly you'll find that that's gone, but that is going to happen. That's the nature of innovation. Sure. That some things are going to die, new things are going to come. But it doesn't mean that you should stop doing and follow the innovators only. I think you need to continue to do what you're good at but also create these little pockets of organizations which are innovating. Right. And I think that's that's what our paper is about. Right. And I think it, yeah, like you said, it builds on some of the ideas that Christensen talked about, like, you know, what holds you captive on your performance trajectory? We offer one perspective on that and learning by doing. And, and learning he, by doing. Right, yeah. right. And he talks about how your stakeholders, customers, investors hold you captive on that trajectory. Uh, he talks about how, you know, if you're, you're the, the values, resources and capabilities that you need, which is what we are saying uh, in learning by doing, he says are fundamentally different for a new innovation. So you don't make the shift. And we're saying that acknowledge it. You know, your current business yeah. is a thriving business. You're not incentivized to do this. Acknowledge that lack of incentive and respond to it by creating pockets of innovation, That's pilots, right. all owned by a separate Perhaps, yeah. organization within an organization which are not encumbered by the traditional organization. That's right. So coming back to Amitabh, mm. what we are saying is Amitabh became Amitabh because he got cues that he was good at certain things. Mm. So he stopped innovating. He became Amitabh because people loved him. But... The Shahrukhs and the, the Ranbirs and the, the Prabhas and the Dhanars arrived on the scene. And And the people who liked Amitabh said, now we like... Tanush. So now Amitabh needs to reinvent himself. In fact, Anurag Kashyap was recently directing him and was telling him, can you do a little bit less of that Amitabh? And the 
producers were freaking out. What are you saying? But he was right on the mark. He was telling Amitabh, it's time to reinvent yourself. So we need to do it as do corporations. We need to reinvent ourselves when the world changes around us. Disruption or reinvention, organizations pick. Thank you, Bhagwan. Thank you, Deepa.